we're in week two of our series, Unexpected, where we've been talking about the advent of, of Jesus. And if you remember last week, uh, I talked about that the word advent means coming or arrival that we're celebrating. And churches have done this for hundreds of years where you light candles to... Um, Remember to, to signify uh, the light has always been a metaphor for God. And so we, we light these candles. Last week we, law, we, we lit the candle for hope. And today we light the candle for love. And I'm going to ask you some questions here um, about Christmas. How many of you are done with Christmas shopping? I hate you. Okay. All right. Great. No, I mean, how many are not done? I mean, these are my people right here. These are my people. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, today we're talking about that Jesus is the unexpected gift of the Father's love. That Jesus is unexpected gift of the Father's love. Now, um, we all get these unexpected gifts at times. We get unexpected gifts like you put on a pair of pants you hadn't worn in a while and you got money in it. That's, that's an unexpected gift, isn't it? That's a good day. You're like, man, I got money. And then, uh, or you have a sweater that has a sock stuck to it. That's an unexpected gift. Not, not, as, not near as good, not near a good feeling as, as that. Or uh, you, it's the last cast. You've been fishing all day. It's the last cast and you catch an eight-pound bass. That's, that's unexpected because you're thinking this is, nothing's going to happen. Or... You go shopping, and the thing that you want is buy one, get one. Buy one, get one. It's an unexpected gift. And at Christmas time, there's a lot of unexpected gifts. Socks, underwear, ugly shirts, gadgets. And sometimes unexpected gifts just come out of nowhere. I read a story uh, of this guy who, when his parents died, that there was this vase, this ugly vase in their house. And uh, it had this kind of weird seal on it. And so he, he just took it to see if it was worth anything. And this vase, at one time, it's uh, very old, uh, had been owned by the emperor of China. The vase was worth $85 million dollars. And then another story of a guy who buys a, 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 a picture frame at a flea market uh, that's got a picture in the front, and he, he doesn't buy it for the picture. He buys it because he likes the frame, and he buys the frame, and he peels back the picture, and behind it is one of the original copies of the Declaration of Independence, worth $3 million. Now, we always think, like, none of that would, nothing like that good would ever happen to me. I would never get a gift that would be so unexpected as that. I want to share something with you. You've received a gift greater than that. You and I have received a gift greater than that. See, you and I have received the gift today of the Father's love, this unexpected gift, because you and I are sinful people. We're sinners. You hear me talk about this from time to time. I probably need to talk about it more, that we talk about just our sinfulness, that, that we, because of our sinfulness, man, we shouldn't really expect to get anything from God. That Jesus is this unexpected gift of God's love that in, in the midst of our sinfulness, in the midst of everything, the mistakes we've made, us just turning our back on God with some sort of consistency over the, the period of our lives that we really shouldn't expect to get in. But God gives us his love and we celebrate that today. Celebrate the, that today that Jesus Christ was given us. Look at the scripture right here. Paul writes this and he says, but God showed his great love. Look, great, this great love. Not just a little bit of love, but he shows a great, this is not a, a pair of socks here. 
And God didn't choose to show his love to us by making us millionaires or giving us vases or, or giving us some money or resources. He shows it by giving us the one thing that we can't get for ourselves, and that is our salvation, that our sins could be forgiven. So he sends Jesus that God showed his great love for us when we got our act together, when we started being good, when we started doing better. No, 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 no. He showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us Why we were still in our sins. This is the gift of all the gifts. And this is what God has given us today. And so today we're going to be looking at Jesus' love for us in the, in the Christmas story. And we're going to give a nod. With Advent, there's each candle gives a nod. We're going to give a nod looking at Bethlehem, this insignificant place where Jesus was born. So the first thing is this, is that God, the Father's love, shows up in unexpected places, unexpected places. And I'm going to read the scripture to you, just talking about just giving this nod right here at the beginning of part of this where it talks about in Micah right here. It says, but you, O Bethlehem, we talked about this a little bit uh, last week. You, O Bethlehem, are only a small village. I skipped that second word. I can't pronounce it. Anyway, so <laughs> that's what you learn in Bible college. Anyway, so are only a small village among the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past. Isn't that crazy? They would prophesy something like this and it happened? Unbelievable. Will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand and lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. Talking about this gift that comes to Bethlehem. And why God chose Bethlehem, I don't know. Because Bethlehem was insignificant. It was out in the middle of nowhere. That Jesus wasn't born in Jerusalem, which would be the center of Jewish people, center of Israel. He was not born in Rome, which was the, 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 the mega of, of the power in that world. He is born in a place that is seemingly insignificant. Now, here's the funny thing about place. We use phrases like this. We use the phrase, uh, I was in the wrong place. Man, y'all are hanging out in bad places, aren't you? <laughs> Some bad people here might need to have a decision time now. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Or we say, I'm in a bad or place, if you're in a place sermon. Okay. Spot is good, though. I've got friends in low. Why do y'all know that? Why do y'all know that? Why do y'all know Garth Brooks? Here's the thing about places. God meets us in unexpected places. That Jesus is born in this insignificant place, this place where it seems like he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be, but he's there. And I think about so many times in our lives that we're in low places. We're in places we shouldn't be. And yet this is the very place where the love of God meets us. The scripture talks about in Luke 2 that at the time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. 
Now, here's the funny thing about God. God's got a plan. And he's going to work a plan, and it's going to be what he says. And this is how he's going to, he's going to get somebody else to do the work to get, hit, get people where he wants them to get. So, so many times we're in a place, we're wondering how we got there. And a lot of times God has orchestrated. Sometimes it's our mess. Sometimes it's our fault. But he's even bigger than that. So he issues this decree that they're going to do this census, and everybody's got to go to their hometown. This census was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. That Joseph, who was going to be the father of Jesus Christ, that he and they have to make this journey. And sometimes when you read the Bible, it makes it look like they, were, they got in their car and they rode to Walmart. This is not what was going on. Like this was a journey. They had to go miles, miles uh, on foot or on camel. We're not sure, but it was not an easy journey in the middle of the desert. This woman's pregnant. This is, this is, this is a place that they don't want to be. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloths, strips of cloth, and laid him in the manger because there was no lodging available to them. That Mary and Joseph, they're in a low place. So we read the story and we forget that, man, they had to be scared. A great deal of fear. They are going to be ostracized because she is pregnant out of wedlock. And that is kind of looked on funny in our culture now, but back then you were ostracized. Your, your family would disown you. They're going to be judged and rejected. They've got a story that people are going to think they are absolutely crazy. Can you imagine telling the story? Yeah, I, I got, you know, you know, an angel. Nobody's going to believe this story. They face hardship in the journey. And then at the very end, there's not even any room for him in the end. And so I wonder what kind of place you're in today. Are you in a low place? Maybe you're in a place of fear. Maybe you're in a place of difficulty. Maybe you're in a place of doubt. Maybe you're in a place that you're wondering if God if his love could meet you. The thing about the love of God is that he's not scared. His love is not scared of low places. His love is not scared of simple places. His love is not scared of mistakes, of failure, of doubt, uncertainty, of insecurity, of fear, of judgmentalism, of being rejected, of hardship or difficulty, that the love of God's not scared of any of those places. As a matter of fact, God does his best work in low places. He does. In the 70s, Chuck Colson was part of Richard Nixon's presidential team, his advisory team. He was also part of the Watergate scandal. His mistakes, his uh, illegal acts were on display for the entire world to see, and he was put in prison. In his memoirs, he said it was the lowest time of his life. And he said, yet that is where God met him. 
He accepted Christ, and he started an organization called Prison Fellowship, the largest prison organization to help prisoners in the world. Prison Fellowship is now Prison Fellowship International. And it all came in the midst of a low place. Now, I'm not here to say that God wants us to sin so that he can reach out to us. I'm still here to say that we sin anyway. Even in our best, we still sin. In our mistakes, in our fear, in our deaths, that God in his love, his love is so unexpected to us that God does his best work. And he meets us in our low places. So if you're in a low place, I would say today that, man, you're in a good place today. That God has you right where he wants you because he wants to love you. Well, the second thing is that God's love is seen in unexpected people. Unexpected people. You know, so many times God's plans are not our plans. They're not. They're just not our plans. That God, you know, that God's word says that his ways are not our ways. And sometimes we use a phrase that uh, God's, God works in mysterious ways. You ever heard people say God's word? And the truth is his timing's not ours a lot of times. His plans are not ours. His ways are not ours. And man, it leaves us sometimes dumbfounded. And this is especially true when we think about God using unexpected people now look at the scripture right here, and try to, try to put yourself in this story here. Put yourself in this story. Now, an angel is going to come and talk to Mary. Put yourself in this story, and if you're a guy, you be Joseph. If you're, if you're a girl, you, you be Mary. And it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David, and Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And these are, this is what I love about the Bible. This is Mary's response. Confused and disturbed. Wouldn't that be you? I love the way the Bible is confused. What are you talking about? What is, what is going on here? Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. What is going on here? What is the point of what's going on here? And he says, don't be afraid, because usually we, we get these pictures of angels. When, when we see them, they look pretty, like they got halos, and they look pretty and everything like that, and they got harps. And everything. In the Bible, when angels came, whenever an angel came, it says that people fell down. They are just, just these supreme beings and great light, and people were scared to death. If you read and you see somebody saw an angel, almost every time people said, whoa. They did. They, they fell down. They don't kill me. It was just such a, 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 an imposing force. And he says, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. Now, stop here for a second. You ever been overwhelmed? This would be over. Would this not be overwhelming? Wouldn't this like, whatever situation you are, and look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to, to, to uh, rate overwhelming, but whatever state of overwhelming you're in today, would this not top that? Hold on a second. You're saying that I'm going to be the mom of God's son, and he's going to be the, what, we're not going to, that's crazy. This is a crazy plan. You don't want me. Now, how many would think that you would be great at this job? Then you're probably not the person for it, okay? Let me just share most of us would go, I'm not that, not me. I'm not, this is, this, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong girl. 
overwhelming that God expresses his love in, in, in unexpected people. And he uses them. And he says, you'll give the name Jesus and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And they, you talked about, we talked about the, that these prophecies, that, that they knew the prophecies. They're like, man, no, 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 we're not, we're not part of this. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can I know this happened? Again, this is what I love about the Bible. This is what I mean. Like, what? Say what? How can I know this will happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Israel, I mean, your, your relative Elizabeth, and he's talking about just her, her cousin or her sister, whatever, uh, is pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren. And he's trying to encourage Mary that even uh, Elizabeth has been barren and now she's going to be pregnant, but she has conceived a son now in her sixth month. And this is good. her son's going to be John the Baptist for the Lord where the Lord will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now, here's the crazy thing that God doesn't use great people to do ordinary things. God uses ordinary people to do great things. And you and I have been given the same gift. Not that we are be the mother and father of Jesus, but we will house Jesus in our body, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And when you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes, and we are the, we are the house of God. We are the temple. The Bible says that we are the temple of God, that you and I have this gift of Jesus Christ. And God is wanting to use ordinary people to get his message out. He's wanting to use ordinary people to change this world. This seems like a crazy plan that he would want to use you and me. This, I know it sounds crazy. Like, this is crazy. Gary. I'm telling you, but that's what he wants. That's his plan. That, that is his only plan, that he would use you and me, that we would be the ones, just like Mary and Joseph, not the same way, not the same way, but the same God. That God chooses to express his love in unexpected people. So how does this look? How does this work? I want to look and just kind of move towards the Father's love through unexpected me. I want to personalize this. That if you read the Scriptures, that people who have never come to know Christ, the Word has come. Come, Jesus has come. Listen, hear me, hear me. Whatever you're going through, Jesus has come. Since I got it, I talked about this last week. Whatever you're going through, he's the answer. I'm the answer. You come on. You got sin, I don't care. But come on, I'll fix it. You got problems, they're not bigger than me. I'll take care of them. You got issues, guess what? I'm in the issue business. And Jesus says, come, come, come. You read the scripture, Jesus says, come, come follow me. Come follow me. I'll, re I'll make you. I'll recreate you. Come, come, come. My love is big enough to handle every part of it. 
For those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ, the word is go. Go, 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 go. You go, you go, you go. You be. You be the hands and feet of Jesus. Go, go, go. Show the Father's love. I'm going to walk through a couple of scriptures here and just talk about just how important this is. Both those things. The first is this. God showed him how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This, this is the plan. This has always been the plan. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent Jesus as a sacrifice to take away our sins. It wasn't that we love God. It's that God sent Jesus to us, that he loves us. And he loved us when we were in our sins and he's forgiven us. But he says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression through us. Now, I was, there's some crazy things that I was, you ever, you ever get a gift with a bow on it? Now, you ever, now this doesn't mean a lot to some people, especially if you're a guy, you, you don't really, a lot of times you don't care if a bow's on it or not. What's in it? This is a sign that there's something good on the inside. When you see a gift with a bow on it, almost every time there's something good behind it. They've got it, they got it wrapped up and they got it in a bag, they got a bow on it. Listen to me. You and I are the bow for the gift. You and I are not the gift. Jesus Christ is the gift. But we're the bow. When people see us, they think there, there's, there might be something good behind that. There might be something good behind this. So we, we wear this bow shiny and sparkly. It's funny that, 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 that uh, the Apostle Paul says that when you and I live in such a way that we don't complain and we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't argue or complain that we live in such a way that says that we shine. We shine. We shine like stars. That you and I shine like stars. So we have this bow that there's something behind us. There's something going on here. Went out to eat a couple weeks ago and was with my family and enjoyed every minute. My daughter Meredith flew down from Texas. We had my entire family here. It was just, it was great. My, my grandkids were there. And one of them is uh, uh, like 18 months and one of them's almost four. And we went out to eat and it was a big mess. You know what I'm talking about? Because they make mess and Leslie's messy. Anyway, so anyway. <laughs> and so we get through eating. It's a big mess. Now I'm the customer. This is, and look, I struggle so much when I tell you this, this is not too much. You've heard, you know that I, I, I fail more often than not. But one thing I don't do, I don't think I'm entitled. And so I looked at Leslie and I said, hey, before we leave, I'm cleaning this place up, cleaning this table up. There's, there's food everywhere. Look, and Carter's 18 months. Look, I get it. He loves to eat too, boy. That food was flying everywhere. It was flying, buddy. It was less, I'm cleaning this. So I'm cleaning up the table. Look, I'm on the floor. On the floor. Cleaning up. Cleaning up. Waitress comes up. She goes, what are you doing? So I'm cleaning up. She says, I was going to get that. No, you're not getting this. Now, that's not about me. Do you know why I did that? I didn't do that. didn't do that. So I could make an, like I want to show her something. You know what I did? Because that's what we do. That's what we do. We're the bow behind, because if Jesus Christ lives in me, I'm not entitled to have somebody wait on me. I'm not entitled to have somebody clean up my mess just because I'm paying for it. 
There's something behind. There's a gift behind it. There's something bigger going on here. There's something behind me. There's this love that when it, when it works, when we work it, and I, I, and I say this, and I'm working, it's probably not good. When Christ, when I follow Jesus Christ, and I live according to the way he lived, it is supernatural powerful. That people are drawn to it. That they look at that and they go, there's something behind that. I want to open it up. I want to open it up. Look at the scripture right here. It talks about this, what this love looks like. It says, love is patient, man. When you and I live like that, like Jesus did, love is kind. Man, when we are kind, this world is so unkind. But when we are kind, it is unbelievable. It is a bow that people are like, something's behind it. There's something different. Not jealous, not boastful or proud when it's not rude. It does not demand its own way in this culture where everybody's demanding their own way. Everybody has to have their own way. When somebody says, hey, I don't have to have, I don't have, to have my way. Because Jesus didn't have to have his way. When you and I live like that, it does not rejoice in injustice. It keeps no records of wrong. But whenever the truth wins out, that love never gives up, never loses faith, it's always hopeful and endures every circumstance. Listen to me. That is what the world is looking for. That's what God is calling us to. When I talk about God using us, the, the, the love of God in us, and, and, and through me, that's what he's looking for. And let me share this to you. Read your Bible? Yes. Read it. Pray? Yes. But let me share something with you. You don't have to know everything about the Bible to do this. You don't have to be a scholar to do this. You just have to simply say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to try to live like Jesus did today. I'm going to love people. I'm going to love people in low places because God meets me in my low place. I'm going to love people who are ordinary like me because God uses ordinary people just like me. So let me ask you today. Have you received the gift of Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loves you? That in spite of everything you've done wrong and I've done wrong, look, I got a pile of them. That Jesus Christ loves me. Jesus Christ loves you unconditionally. You receive that gift. And then here's the second thing. Do you give that gift? Give it away. Just give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Love people and watch what the Lord does in your life. We're having a time of decision. The band's going to come up. Maybe today you've never received the gift of Jesus Christ, never understood that God loves you unconditionally, never understood that today is a day that you could have the gift of Christ in your life, that your sins could be forgiven, that you could find hope, that you could find love that is simply unconditional. But maybe today is also the day where you realize that You need to turn back to God. Man, Christmas time is a great time for that. So you need to turn back to Him. Or maybe you're in a low place. Man, I'm in a low place. You want to you turn it over? You want to pray? You want to give, give it to the Lord? The altar's open. I'll be down front. would love to pray for anybody. Whatever's going on in your life. Uncertainty, doubt, fear, whatever. And I'm going to pray for you now and then we'll stand and sing. Father, we come to you. Thanking you that you are a God 
of love. That you love us unconditionally. That you have loved us in the midst of our sinfulness. That you did not wait for us to get better. That you just simply sent Jesus Christ to take the penalty for our sins. And so, Lord, I pray for the person here today that's never understood how much you love them. They've always thought like they weren't good enough or they didn't, couldn't get it together enough. Or that you were looking to love somebody else or somebody different or somebody better. I pray today is the day that I said, you love them. And you sent Jesus Christ to die for them. And the Lord, I pray for us today that uh, whatever place we find ourselves in, that we know that you love us, that you meet us there. And so, Lord, if that means that we turn back to you or if we turn over stuff to you, whatever you do, Lord, have your will, have your way with us today. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us?